This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good mate, thanks for asking. Excellent. You like your food, don't you Russell? Where are you going with this? Well, I'm not not a foodie per se. No, no, you're not a foodie because you don't like cheese, but you like pizza. Which I never, I never understood that, and I still will never understand that. Anyway, is there a question in this, or we just yes, there is a question. (laughs) The reason I'm asking you that that you like your food is because you're a buff guy, you work out a lot, and you need to eat to increase your muscle mass. That's what you need to do. You need to eat and you work out, and then your muscles get bigger. Now, if you eat and you don't work out. You ah, get fat. Right. I think, I, know, I think I know where you might be going now. This is a long intro. It's, it's a very this, long intro. Should I, just, should I just read the email? Yeah, go for it. Hi, Russell. Hi, Jay. I have a German shepherd. Cool. She is four years old. Okay. Sadly, for the last year, she's been living with my parents while I've been working overseas. Mm-hmm. My parents are old, didn't walk her very much, and fed her quite a lot. She's now overweight. What can I do to help her lose weight? Mm-hmm. Are there any top tips you can give me, especially in the heat that we have here in Phuket? Thanks very much, Sam. That uh, was a very precise email. Thank you, Sam. That was brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, the short answer is, yeah, there's a lot we can do. And to be honest, an, an overweight dog is not an uncommon thing. So the, the simple way of thinking of it is calories in versus calories out. If your calories in i.e. what you're consuming is more than what you're burning, then yet you're going to gain weight. So, Which is the same for humans. It's exactly the same. Humans, it's, that's exactly the same. Trust me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a separate talk. That's a separate podcast. Um, Do so, dogs yeah. get up in the middle of the night and, and have little snacks? snacks or not? Scooby <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> snacks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they probably would, given the, ch- given the chance. Yeah. So yeah, A, lock your fridge at night. Stop the dog getting in the fridge for snacks. So no, bottom line is A, you want to have uh, control of the food. And ultimately, without being sort of quirky about it, this is the key difference with dogs and humans. Because we might think, you know what, I'm just going to have that one extra biscuit and then half a packet's gone. And, you know, I just... Half a packet? Or, or, yeah, yeah, quite. Whereas the dog eats when we give it food, right? So you are very much in control of how much your dog can actually eat. Now, in terms of how much the average dog should be getting, that is completely different depending on the a, the exercise level of the dog, the size of the dog, the, the weight of the dog, etc., and what you're feeding it. Now, just for the sake of argument, we'll assume that the dog is being fed a standard commercial dog food. So whatever brand of food you're on, the label on the back will say for a dog of X weight, you should feed Y number of cups of food per day divide that number in two you've got your breakfast and you've got your dinner amounts of food that the dog is allowed to have okay so now we know how much the dog should be eating now if your dog is overweight obviously we want to reduce that amount of food anyway so we're reducing the amount of food that it's taking in i want to ask a question just the one at the moment yes now on the sides of those packs it says if your dog is this much weight let's say 40 kilos Mm -hmm. for example then they can eat this much in their daily allowance, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I don't know what the, the math is. Now, the German Shepherd here is overweight. So let's say it's 
yeah. 60 kilos. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That sounds so, a lot for, no, no, a, for I, a German I know, I know where you're going with this. How, how do I know how much but to then, feed it? Yeah, yeah, then it will say, oh, a 60 kilo dog should eat this. So you're, and, you're straight away giving it more than it should do. Yeah, and that's a, it, it's a really valid point because some people will do that. Well, my dog's 60 kilos and that's what it says to feed the 60 kilo Absolutely, dog. That's yeah. what I'll give it. And hence, that's the first part of the problem. So I want to look at the dog and say, the actual weight for my dog is... So it what should, be, should it be? So what should the, the yes. weight of the dog be? Yeah. Of a healthy, good-looking, sexy dog that goes and works out a lot? Yeah, so whatever the dog was a year ago, prior to being left with the parents and fed to within an inch of its life, um, what was that weight? Because that's what I want to target. Now, the one thing I want to be careful of here is if there is a big difference, i.e. the dog is massively overweight and it's a difference of, you know, for example, it's either five cups of food per day or it's two cups of food per day. That's quite a big jump. So obviously the five cups is going to be way too much. We want to be getting down to a two cup a day kind of weight regime. But I might start at three and a half um, for a little while. We'll increase the exercise output, which I'll come on to in a second. And we are going to slowly drop the food intake down. I don't want to go from one end straight to the other. So it's not a cold turkey kind not of thing. Not a cold turkey kind of approach unless the dog likes cold turkey. But if you're giving a dog cold turkey, you want to affect that with how much kibble you're giving I like as cold well. turkey. Cold it can turkey be a little bit dry yummy. though. That's a f- But I do like it with some cranberry sauce. Or mint sauce. I've got a thing for mint sauce at the minute. Don't ask me why. Not with turkey. Mate, I'm just, it's just mint one of those Mint sauce things. with lamb. Mint sauce. For, yeah, I, I get it, but just. My mum has mint sauce with other meats I had, as well. I had a roast the other day and I had a chicken roast and I had mint sauce with it and I just loved it. I don't disagree. I do like a mint sauce. It's just, I'm not, I'm not entirely not sure we should have gone down this particular track because now I'm hungry. Anywho. So is the dog. Yeah, but I'm cha. If it's a case of, well, my dog is 40 kilos and it should be getting three cups a day, but my dog actually should be 30 and it's only two and a half cups, then that's fine. It's only a. Um, so that's bit, managing the food now no, no on that should you feed and I'm sure we've done this on Barkcast about and we have done a, a whole thing about food and wet food mm. dry food quick question mm. should it be twice a day you feed the dog or once a day especially for this overweight dog is there a process that you should just keep its energy up um, I generally would stick with a twice a day feeding regimen so and again it's a German shepherd so it's a bigger dog so that generally is, even for the, no- the normal amount, if you like, that's a lot of food going in at one time anyway. So I'd rather just spread that out. In terms of whether it makes a difference for the dog's fitness levels and health, all of that, to have a restricted feeding window in similar ways that it can be for humans beneficial, there isn't an equitable science report that will say that actually works or not. So in the absence of any scientific valued proof to say, feed once a day versus twice versus within this time frame, I would just go with your normal twice a day, particularly with a larger dog because the volume of food that you're feeding is still going to be quite a lot. The, the other side to that is the, when you feed and when you exercise, you want to get that balance right. A lot of people will say, so we get up in the morning, I feed the dog breakfast and we go for the walk. Do that the other way around. Which is what humans should do as well. Correct. You're not going to have a big meal and go for a walk or a run. It's just you'll do it the other way around. Oh, I'll just have a big meal. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> do both ends, yeah. <laughs> Some mint sauce with my chicken. Yeah. So the first thing is, yeah, managing the, the level of food. So we've, we've got our bag of food. It says for your dog's weight, the weight that it should be, this is how much you should be feeding. All right. And then I just kind of, kind of and to be fair, in the beginning, it's going to be a little bit of hit and miss. So I'm probably going to go under whatever the standard requirement is, as long as it's not a huge drop down. 
uh, and see how my dog fares. If my dog rapidly starts losing weight and is lethargic, I might increase the food intake a little bit. If after a few months, nothing's really happening and the dog's getting bigger, I'm still feeding too much. So, and also be aware if you're doing some training with your dog or you you like to give the dog some treats every now and again, same with us. If we're having you know breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but we have the odd Mars bar and the odd cheeky ice cream, which sometimes we do, that's just more calories going in. And if we're not offsetting it, then we're going to have an issue. So if I've gone out and used a bunch of treats to train my dog like a good owner today, great, well done you. But I want to offset what I give my dog for dinner that evening to counter the food I've already used. And I'm a, as I've mentioned before, I do like using food, like the normal dry food anyway, when I'm working with them, because then at least I know exactly what they're getting. It's their food food. But ultimately, using a higher value treat can be very, very helpful. So it's just about managing on a, the course of a given day, how much food has my dog consumed? And for the most part, you're in control of that. Okay. Food. Tick. Yeah. Exercise. Let's go. Tropics. Raining. Hot. Yep. How do we deal with that? Okay. So the calories in, done. Calories out, we now have to increase that. So depending on, there's a number of key things here. So a breed of the dog might be of interest as well. German Shepherd. German Shepherd or a Border Collie or a Lab or a Golden, a Beagle. Boxer. Boxer. Lots and lots of energy, generally speaking. So they do want to go and run. They want to go chase. They want to go do stuff which is great because they've got that inherent desire to go and do things. So I can throw a ball, have them running out and chasing it and bringing it back. And I can do that quite a lot. And I can increase the amount of times I might be doing that just to get that extra energy burst into the dog to burn those excess calories off. Because it's not just burning what they're eating. Because if those two levels match, the dog's going to say the same weight. I want the dog to burn more than it's actually consuming. In terms of the breed, if I've got a breed of dog, again, like a German Shepherd, that naturally have that those traits to want to do stuff i can just utilize that i also want to look at how much exercise has the dog done generally now in sam's case i'm gonna guess that they were reasonably active with her german shepherd for the first while she had the dog and then she went away to work and the dog's now just become inactive because of a change in lifestyle being with the parents correct so dialing back into a slightly more energetic routine yes it will take time to step up but it's not going to be too much of a a shift for the dog because oh we're going back to running but in the same way if you decide you know what i'm going to get fit and start running again you don't start with a 16k run the first day sorry i've got my hand up which and you I, do yeah, yeah. Sorry, well that was going to be my question and you were kind of answering it whereas i put my hand up i should put my hand down should you straight away go in no to the 16k but should you do i mean how long should you do should you because you know you watch these reality TV shows of rotund people that may have let themselves mm-hmm. go because of whatever reason, because I don't know, they're sad yeah. of their life, whatever. But they, you know, they get pushed hard, yeah. you know, straight away. Should you be doing this with dog? Or is it kind of, is it short spurts? Is it long spurts? Is it swimming? Is it running? Is it ball play? Is it tug of war? It's all of that. And the, one of the points I was going to make, and you've just made it for me, is to add that variety. All right. If you're just doing the, we're going to go run around the block and we do that every single day, A, it's just going to get boring and B, the body is going to get used to it. So it's not having the same effect. It'll have an effect in the beginning, but you'll tail off pretty quickly. So today we're going to go for a little run. Tomorrow we're going to do some sprint work. The next day we're going to do some swimming and then we'll do some ball work. We'll do some hill sprints. We'll, we can mix it or we'll do a different run. We'll do a trail run. We'll do 
different things. Stop, Russell. All you've said there is stuff that I can't do because I'm not an active person. How do I get my German Shepherd to do these hill sprints, 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 run, sprints, sprints, sprints when I'm not an active person myself? And mm -hmm. on top of that, my second question, is just walking enough? So yes and no. If you're trying to lose a fair bit of weight and if the dog is, if the dog is seriously heavy and seriously overweight, I would start with walking in the same way. And a lot of this you can mirror with people again, because that's, it's a lot of weight on joints. And if the dog isn't used to it and all of a sudden you spike the heart rate, chances are they're going to collapse a lot quicker. So you want the dog to get into the, the rhythm and the routine and slowly start to build up the workload. So again, for Sam, it might be the next few weeks. We're just going to, well, I go for walks every day. Fine. We're going to go for a walk, a little bit of a longer walk. I might increase the pace a little bit. All right. So just to raise the level. In terms of, look, I'm not an active person myself, so I don't go on trail runs. You know, I don't want to go running with the dog and stuff like that. Okay, fine. It's not you that needs to do the work. I mean, it might be, but at the moment, we're just talking about the dog. So if the dog likes chasing a ball, great. You don't have to do anything other than throw the ball. And if you've got a good recall on the dog or the dog will bring the ball back, that's also quite useful. So, and I can hark on about some training elements into that. But again, German Shepherd, uh, golden retriever for example it's kind of what they do so if i can now get my dog charging after the ball and bringing it back i can now do that a few times or a few more times than usual and now we're into that state where we're raising up the the calorific expenditure because it's just more exercise than normal and also if you're going to throw a ball you've got one of those wire th what's they called the it's rubber very, things yeah. that you can just really yeah, yeah. So obviously, they're really cool the further you can throw it, obviously the further the dog's got to go um, and you mentioned hill sprints. Now you've mentioned hill sprints for dogs before. In, other in the same way it is for us, if you run you know, 100 meters flat as fast as you can, that's really quite taxing. If you run 100 meters fast up a hill, it's a little bit more taxing. But it's fun to roll down. But it's fun to roll down. So um, just doing that, again, if your dog is quite happy to you, oh, you threw the ball, yeah, I'll go get it. Fine, if you've got a small incline somewhere, and it doesn't have, I'm not talking about climbing Everest. I'm talking a small incline gradient. Just roll the ball up the hill. Because the dog is going to take off after it. Now they're putting a bit more power and effort into sprinting up the hill. They'll grab the ball. They'll naturally shut down a little bit and trot back to you, not at full pelt. Get the ball, rinse and repeat. So, and again, in terms of if I was making a, a training regime for you or myself, I might do a few flat sprints. And I'll do a couple of hill sprints as well. And then tomorrow I'll do, you know, maybe I'll go for just a long run at a steady easy pace and the next day i might do you know I'll, I'll mix it up and by having that mixed bag routine it a, doesn't become boring and b the body is constantly adjusting to different things which is going to help them to burn the calories and that's where we would incorporate swimming as well swimming is really really good exercise and particularly if the dog is either older and has mobility issues you know hip issues and joint issues or if they are really overweight because getting my dog walking and running is useful to burn the calories, but it's difficult on joints if the dog's very much overweight. Swimming can help you with that. Now, again, same with, as with if I'm just walking around the block or you know going for a 3K walk, at some point that's going to lose its impact it's the same thing day in, day out. So letting your dog just lollop about the pool or down to the beach and go in and out as it pleases. With a, with a pina colada. With a pina colada. Um, so, yes, it's good fun, but it's not really exercise. I want the dog swimming. So, and again, a couple of things you can do with that is either, 
all right, if I'm going to walk my dog down the beach, I'll walk in the water. I wouldn't do it right now because it's a bit choppy. Um, or if you've got a pool and you don't mind your dog being in the pool, dog can be in the pool. You can be outside the pool. Might even have the dog on leash for this. Walk around the pool. So you're making the dog swim and do lengths and do laps. If your dog is, again, like German Shepherd likes to chase a ball, great. I can th- tease the dog with the ball, throw it to the end of the pool. So now the dog is power swimming after the ball. Or even better, pretend to swim with your dog. So it's a race to get to the ball. Because now you'll see they're really going to put some effort into it. You can't get that. I don't want you. I've got to get the ball. It's my ball. So I can do that a few times. So rather than just sort of lolloped in and came out, had a shake, and then went back in, had a lollop, came back out and had a shake. Now I've just done four or five power swimming lengths. You're going to see the dog get out and be a little bit more puffed. And now if you did that and then went for your, your normal round the block evening walk, now you're starting to make a difference. And next question would be, uh, how often should you be exercising the dog during the day? So, and good question. I think you made the point earlier about for where we are in the tropics, it's really, really hot. Um, I guess the reverse would be somewhere where it's cold. Well, the reverse of hot is generally cold. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. If cold is cold, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of the heat, obviously here, I would be very guarded about going out between, say, 10 and 4, because that's just obviously when it's hottest. So I want to do my exercise earlier in the morning or later on in the afternoon and early evening. That's not to say you can't go out during the day. You can. I might just do things of a lot more limited exposure. So if I just, I had five minutes, I'll go and do a couple of, literally a couple of ball throws. Because A, same for us, going for that run a little bit later in the morning or a little bit earlier in the afternoon when it's hotter, it's harder work. It's more taxing on the system. You burn the calories. So you can use that for your dogs. You do just have to be guarded about obviously overheating them. The other thing is when you're dealing with dogs like a German Shepherd or a Beagle or a Boxer that just have the, oh, we've got to go, go, go. They tend not to have an off switch. Now, whereas you and I might go for that run at three o'clock and think this is a stupid idea. and About three or five, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we know, okay, I've just gone too far. It's too hot. I have to stop. Sometimes with the dogs... I've done, my, I've done my five minutes. I deserve a beer. I, yeah, absolutely, right. <laughs> so the dog's just going to think, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you're thinking, well, the dog still wants to go. Let's keep going. Uh, and you can either do some physical damage or burn them out. Uh, I don't say that to be like, a, you know, oh my God, you've got to stop. But just to really be aware of it. So, and in terms of a process, run your dog. Uh, again, even if it is, you know, city o'clock during the day and it's a bit hot, I'll run them a few times after the ball. And I'll see how they are. I can go and cool them down, give them a drink. And the next day, the day after, we go again. And you'll, the more you do this and have a bit of a consistent routine in terms of exercising them, you will start to see and recognize that yeah, the dog is generally getting physically tired here. I am going to tap them out. One thing to also mention with this. Now, if we're specifically talking about weight loss, and yes, it, having that balanced and consistent exercise routine is imperative for the dog as it would be for us also in line with how often should i exercise a dog if you kind of go from doing nothing to doing absolutely everything full bore you're going to burn out pretty quickly so you do want to have more of a staged gently increasing process over a few days and weeks to get up to a higher level number two don't beat yourself up as an owner if you miss a day a lot of the time people can get very anxious about, I've got to walk the dog today. 
because we go for a walk every morning. Oh, it was raining today. I didn't take the dog out this morning. I've got to rush back because I has to go for a walk this evening. If you miss a day or you miss a morning walk, don't beat yourself up about it. All right. If you've been training hard, having a rest day every now and again is kind of a good thing for us too. So allowing your dog to just because we were busy or just tired, whatever, didn't get the dog out today. Don't beat yourself up about it. I wouldn't necessarily double their workload the next day because that might be a little bit unfair, but just it was an off day. Fair enough. Just we take it as it is and we carry on the next day. If it's a case you're missing three, four, five days of the week, that would be different. And specifically for Sam trying to get some weight off of this dog, having a more consistent and balanced training program in place would certainly help. Cool. Summarize. Uh, very simply, as we started with, it's calories in versus calories out. If the calories out is higher than the calories in, the dog, and by the way, us, is going to lose some weight. So a, the upside with the dog is you're in full control of how many calories are going into that dog from the food that you're giving them and or other people are giving them. So if you know what that is and the amount, you can manage it and reduce it where need be. Having on the other side a change and balanced exercise regime of different things, be it longer walks, a change in pace on various walks, change in terrain to some uphill, even some downhill, um, some running, some sprinting, some swimming for distance as well as for speed is again, like with us, going to help them get fitter, burn more calories and drop some weight. Sam, go and have some fun with your dog. That's what I say. Absolutely, yeah. Because even if they are a little bit rotund, this is a fun time because they'll enjoy it even more if you're enjoying it. There you go. If you're having fun with the dog, the dog will be having fun with you. I think so. (laughs) That sounded better in my head. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks, Russ. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long-term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. BarkCast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.